You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. If you are looking for a great prenatal vitamin at a big discount, Zoller makes an excellent prenatal that has the active form of folate that I prefer from all of the research that I've done. That's that methyl tetrahydrofolate rather than folic acid. Plus, it has omega-3s and DHA. Zoller was very generous and gave me a promo code to share with you so you can save 25% off when you buy a month supply through Amazon. I'll put a link to the vitamins with the promo code in the show notes for this episode. And it's also on the resources page of the website. Last week, we talked about common skin issues during pregnancy. We went through everything from acne to stretch marks and went through why those things happen during pregnancy and how you can safely treat them. This week, we are talking about your due date. There are a pile of links to studies and all kinds of stuff in the show notes for this episode. And everything can be found at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 88. Your due date rules your entire pregnancy. All of your prenatal care is based on your due date. The timing of your baby shower and everything else that you have to plan revolves around this date. Everyone, friends, family, even strangers, I'm sure, ask when your baby is due. And as your due date approaches, it can create some anxiety especially if your due date comes and goes and you're still pregnant. Your due date is just an estimate of when your baby is going to arrive. This is not an exact science. Only about 4% of women actually have their baby on their due date, and only 70% actually deliver within 10 days of their estimated due date. So that means that 30% of women are either delivering more than 10 days before or more than 10 days after their estimated due date. Your baby is considered full term from 39 weeks to 40 weeks and six days. I'll put a link in the show notes to the guidelines for the different pregnancy terms from ACOG. Early term comes before this. This is from 37 weeks to 38 weeks and six days. Late term is from 41 weeks to 41 weeks and six days. And then they consider post-term to be after 42 weeks. And of course, all of this centers around your due date, which should land on exactly 40 weeks. Let's talk about where we actually get this due date from. Your due date is usually calculated using Nagel's rule. Franz Karl Nagel was a German obstetrician, and the rule is named after him. He credited a gentleman named Boerhave, who is an 18th century professor of botany and medicine, with developing the formula to calculate due date from the last menses, which some historians believe he loosely based on observations found in the Bible, and that human gestation lasted 10 lunar months or 280 days. To calculate your due date using Nagel's rule, you're going to take the first day of your last period, add one year, subtract three months, and then add seven days. So basically 280 days from the start of your last menstrual period. This does assume a 28-day cycle, and it assumes ovulation on day 14. You can also calculate this as 266 days from conception. 
Nagel's rule doesn't sound so evidence-based, and there are some limitations to this. It doesn't account for leap years or that some months have a different number of days in them. It assumes that you know the exact date that you started your last menstrual period. And in a study that looked at how accurately women recalled the date of the start of their last period, about 56% were accurate. 74% were within one day and 81% were within two days. So women overall tend to be pretty good at being able to remember when they started their last menstrual period, but not everyone was spot on. And then, like I mentioned, Nagel's rule also assumes that you ovulate on day 14, and not everybody ovulates on day 14. So according to Nagel, pregnancy lasts 280 days. But what does research and evidence say about how long pregnancy lasts? One big study found that it was most accurate to add 282 days to the last menstrual period rather than the 280 suggested by Nagel's rule. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to check it out. And like I said, there are links to a lot of different studies in the show notes. There was also another study that found that the average length of pregnancy was 283 days rather than the 280 used in Nagel's rule. This study didn't find any difference if you were having a boy or a girl, so gestation of one was not shorter than the other. There was a difference, however, if the woman had already had at least one baby, and that the median gestational age at birth was two days shorter. This study tells us that subsequent pregnancies after your first one tend to have a little bit shorter gestation overall. And this study did exclude women who were induced, so it was really, truly looking at duration of pregnancy without the intervention of induction. Remember that all of these numbers are averages, so many expecting moms are having babies past this date, and it is definitely not a deadline. At your first appointment with your doctor or midwife, it's likely that they're going to take out a pregnancy wheel to calculate your due date. Pregnancy wheels are commonly seen in OBGYN offices, and these are often manufactured and distributed by pharmaceutical companies, which are an excellent marketing tool. I have read that there can be a discrepancy in dates between different wheels, although I couldn't find multiple of them online to compare and verify that. But overall, these are going to be based on Nagel's rule. If you haven't seen a pregnancy wheel and you want to know what one looks like, I'll put a link to one in the show notes that you can check out online. And you can see that this has other things on it, like when an amniocentesis or a CVS test could be done, the weight and length that your baby should be throughout your pregnancy. There's a lot going on on this thing. But you can take a look at what it looks like so you can see what your doctor's looking at when they're using this pregnancy wheel to calculate your due date. Another way that pregnancies are dated that is becoming increasingly more common is ultrasound dating. This uses an ultrasound to measure the crown to rump length or the biparietal diameter, which is a measurement of your baby's head. These measurements have an accuracy of about three to eight days in the first trimester, which is when dating via ultrasound tends to be more accurate. And taking these measurements is going to depend on the skill of the technician operating the ultrasound. And there are some other measurements that they can look at, but they don't tend to be as accurate as that crown to rump length or that biparietal diameter. 
If you really want to dig into some of the stats on the accuracy of these different measurements, I'm going to link to a review that covers a ton of details on that in the show notes. One thing that I like to look at when I am researching for an episode is what the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists says and what they're recommending, because this is likely what's being recommended to your OBGYN. In January of this year, ACOG added an estimated due date calculator to their app, which you can download on your smartphone. The aim of this was to give OBGYNs a consistent method to calculate due date. I downloaded this app and played with it, and I found it interesting that there was not an option to calculate your due date by conception, which would likely be the most accurate if you knew that date. It does have a function to calculate it in the event of assisted reproductive technology, so you could probably rig that to calculate it by conception. It does make sense that ACOG would want to standardize this across all OBGYNs. Like I said, I'd read that some of those pregnancy wheels can differ by a day or two. And ACOG does state that this app is based on joint recommendations from, of course, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, but also the American Institute of Ultrasound and Medicine and the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine. And the app created for ACOG does use Nagel's rule when it's calculating your due date from your last menstrual period. In a committee opinion that was just released this month in May of 2017 from ACOG, they stated that the accurate dating of pregnancy is important to improve outcomes and is a research and public health imperative. As soon as data from the last menstrual period, the first accurate ultrasound examination, or both are obtained, the gestational age and the estimated due date should be determined discussed with the patient, and documented clearly in the medical record. I'll put a link to their full committee opinion if you want to read more on that. ACOG does tend to weigh heavily on those ultrasound measurements, and there is quite a bit of evidence to show that ultrasounds are more accurate at dating a pregnancy than the last menstrual period. When an ultrasound was used instead of that last menstrual period start date, the number of post-term pregnancies decreased from 10.3% to 2.7%. So basically, these researchers said that the more women that delivered within that 42 weeks, the more accurate that they believed the calculation was. This study, and many others like it, found that that ultrasound dating tended to be more accurate. And of course, that will be in the show notes. So what happens when your due date from your last menstrual period and your ultrasound due date don't match up? According to the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, if ultrasound dating is done before 14 weeks, so in the first trimester of your pregnancy, if that differs by more than seven days from the date that you got using your last menstrual period, they recommend that the estimated due date should be changed to correspond with ultrasound dating. So if your due date, according to your last menstrual period and ultrasound, are off by less than seven days, then chances are you're going to stick with that date that you got from your last menstrual period. Even though you may have additional ultrasounds in your second or third trimesters, that date is going to be set early on in your pregnancy, and it's pretty rare that that date's going to change, especially according to measurements in ultrasounds done in the second and third trimesters because those tend not to be as accurate. 
Also, keep in mind that not everyone chooses to have ultrasounds. Like everything, this is something that you can opt out of if you don't want them. I covered ultrasounds in depth in episode 17. That was quite a ways back, but I will put a link to that episode in the show notes. If you do want to get a more accurate due date, especially if you're unsure of your last menstrual period or you had really irregular periods, this could be a reason to opt into a first trimester ultrasound. It's completely up to you whether you want to include ultrasounds in your prenatal care, although they are very common, especially in the OBGYN community. In another interesting study, researchers suggested that rather than using Nagel's rule, a more evidence-based approach might be to assign a range of due dates or to describe the due date as a median before which half of all women will actually have their baby. This study also noted that clinical prediction of dates should also consider the length of a woman's other pregnancies because their data showed that the average length of a woman's other pregnancies was strongly related to gestational length in the pregnancy that was included in the study. And I'll put a link to that study in the show notes. This is all a lot of data and a lot of studies. So what are you supposed to do with all of this information? If you are currently trying to get pregnant, it's not a bad idea to track your cycles. You can even track when you are having sex and try and pinpoint a conception date. This is really easy to do, especially using an app on your phone. If you are already pregnant and you have no idea when your last menstrual period was, if you had really irregular periods, if you didn't find out that you were pregnant until later on, don't stress about it. You can only do what you can do. And in that case, if you really are not able to calculate your due date with your last menstrual period, then chances are you're going to be relying on that ultrasound measurement. Your estimated due date should give you a mark for your pregnancy timeline. This is going to run the timeline of your prenatal care for you to plan things like your baby shower or when you need to buy the stuff that you need to get for your baby. But as far as when your baby is going to arrive, your estimated due date is just a ballpark date. Remember, only 4% of women actually deliver on their due date and 70% deliver within 10 days of their estimated due date. So this means that 30% of expecting moms are having their baby either more than 10 days before their due date or more than 10 days after their due date. One thing you should not do is don't treat your due date like a deadline. If you do want to opt out of interventions like an induction or a cesarean, try to remember that after your due date, it doesn't mean that your baby is late. There is a lot of room for error in any method of calculating your due date, and not everyone is going to have the same pregnancy length. There are an infinite number of factors that play a role into exactly what date your baby is born, and a lot of those we do not know and we can't account for. To recap today's episode, we went into how your due date is calculated and dug into a little bit of the history on that. And we also looked at what more current evidence says about the average length of human pregnancy and estimating due dates. We talked about ultrasound dating and how your care provider settles on a due date if you have different dates from different measurements. And overall, this episode kind of got into what your due date actually is, which is a total estimation of 
the general time that your baby is going to be born. I want to thank you for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. If you want to get a weekly update on what is going on with your body in each week of pregnancy and what is going on with your baby, you can check out the 40 Weeks podcast. There's just a really short five-minute episode for each week of pregnancy. To check that out, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash week. And you can even pop in your email address and your due date, and then you'll just get a link for each five-minute episode at the start of your new week. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 88. You can find me on Twitter at PregPodcast or Pregnancy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also join the Pregnancy Podcast community on Facebook. Facebook.